You're listening to a Church Doctor production. You're listening to the Big Church, Small Church podcast with John Hunter. Conversations and tips for churches to engage in outreach communities to reach new people for God in your neighborhood. Welcome back to the Big Church, Small Church podcast. Again, we want to help everyday Christians to make an impact in your church and in your neighborhood. We want to inspire and equip you to start outreach communities uh, to reach people in your town or city. Um, If you hear something that you like, again, we ask that you share it on social media. We would love it if you would do that. And also make sure you check out the sendmovement.com and get those show notes. Those will really help kind of digesting some of this material that we're going to talk to uh, talk about again today. So we've been working through the four W's of uh, being a worship architect or being um, being faithful in worship and helping you design something that you could do in your front living room or in your back living room or out in a cafe with other Christians. Um, you don't have to go to a, you know, a, a do a degree or anything like that or go to seminary to do this. These will really help you um, to design something for your community. Again, it's not a program, um, but these four things, these kind of these four boxes will really help you to design something that is faithful in worshiping God. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're building a uh, shed, a house, or a mansion. You know, there's a lot of the same principles in when you build a shed, uh, when you build a house, and when you build a mansion, and all of those things. And, and, and that's what we're doing here with the welcome, the uh, word, the what, and the walk. So this week, we're looking at the word. And I'm so thankful that my friend Dan Bellinger is here um, with us today. So welcome to the show, Dan. Hi, I'm excited to be here today. Um, Dan, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get uh, stuck into talking about the Bible. So I am a chaplain at Parkview um, Health here in Fort Wayne. I've spent the last 10 years, I just started there, I spent the last 10 years working at a couple of different churches as a family and outreach pastor. So I have two kids, uh, one dog and a wife. I live here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but I'm from Michigan, so I introduced myself. Dan and I used to work at a church together. He is a Bible genius. He has uh, got his uh, his master's in uh, biblical uh, studies. Is that right? Is that the proper name for it? Yeah, biblical master's of biblical studies, yep. Yeah, so he is um, a real Bible genius, an expert in this. He is also a Michi- huge Michigan fan and not shy about it at all. He's sitting in my dining room with his Michigan cap and his Michigan sweatshirt. And uh, so we've been having some good uh, football banter uh, this morning. And so all the teams that he likes, I do not like. And so, um, but we still love each other and we still get on. Sports are just a good way to talk trash to somebody. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's get started. So, Dan, I want to just ask you a really simple question for our listeners. What is the Bible? To be very simple, the Bible is a collection of ancient... I love that question. The Bible is a collection of ancient texts that the church throughout the centuries has continually found the presence of God and and has identified as these are the texts that um, God has inspired and brought together. The Bible itself is 66 books that were organized together and that the churches all around the world have found value and meaning in and that have 
have consistently the Spirit of God has spoken through. So I think uh, when we think about the Bible, like it's we we often think of it as this mystical thing that like, it's otherworldly, but a lot of times I think the better way to think about it is it's it's a bunch of ancient writings that the church has organized because God speaks to us through it. It's, it's, I mean, nothing, there's nothing more, there's nothing complicated about that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing complicated about that. But, you know, I think about like, you know, when, um, first trying to read the Bible myself, um, you know, wasn't going into ministry or anything at that time, but I, you know, I, I got to the Bible and, I was doing a actually a discipleship year in England. I was I was told, oh, you know, it's good to read your Bible, um, good to, uh, you know, explore God's word for Him to speak into your life. But I didn't know how to read the Bible, and I think like for me, like I got to the Bible and I, I looked at how big it was, and it was so intimidating. Where to even start? All of those things. What would you say? How can we read the Bible? I think one of the biggest mistakes that we have is the Bible was not written or meant to be read individually. Like I don't I think when you when you look through the text and you look at through how the 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 early church read it, it was never meant to be read in isolation. It was meant to be read together. And so when you read something together, like there's shared experience in that and there's conversation about it. It's I think the intimidating part of it is the fact that it is ancient. Right. It's it's not nobody's writing books like this anymore or the fact that we have it as like a religious idea. Right. Like this book is a religious thing leads to us like putting extra weight on it. But reading it together in community is is essential to understanding how to read it. It's a different since it's different. We should read it together. And those who have been reading it for a while can help those who haven't. So I think there's the first mistake we make is that we're like here, John. Here's a Bible, and then we hand somebody a Bible, and then we're like, "Go read, you know, go read the Book of John, or go read the Book of Mark." Right? Like it's usually what a lot of people say, and then we come back and say, "Well, how is that?" And so I've been—it's like I've been handed a manual for something that I don't know how to. It's like in a foreign language, and because we're like expected to like just naturally be able to do it, uh, it, it I think that I think that's where our intimidation is. And so reading it together, or reading it with somebody, I think is important to like helping people learn we do that with our kids right we naturally in churches or in church in christians and communities and christian households read the text with our kids so you go to church you have adults and kids time reading the bible yeah. to kids and explaining it so i think how to read the bible first begins with let's read it in community together the second thing i think is we come to it with a lot of extra baggage so we lead with our theology a lot of times and how we read it as opposed to reading the words first and then well what does this say i think i think that's a, there's a simple way to approach it that way of well what does this book say what is this saying what is this saying and if it's confusing i go ask somebody who, who's read before right we read it together yeah yeah absolutely um yeah otherwise it, it, you don't know where to start you, it can be over daunting so it kind of leads me into my next question and and kind of the context for this podcast you know we're we're talking to a lot of people uh, who are doing um, kind of organic discipleship groups or doing outreach communities. Um, they could be meeting in a home 
or you know in a public uh, kind of third space or, or wherever they meet. I mean, it doesn't really matter where they meet. Um, but how can um, you know, especially these these kind of leaders who are lay, and a lot of them haven't been. Um, you know, haven't gone off to, to school for, uh, you know, eight years or six years to, you know, right. to study right. uh, the Bible. Um, but, you know, what are some simple ways that um, in everybody's busy life that they have a capacity and, and, and know how to read the Bible in their community that they can, they can um, faithfully open up their Bible and lead their small group, whatever it might be, to engage in the Bible? How can we read the Bible together? I think... I think a good way to think about reading the Bible together is, like I, I, like I just said, what would it look like for a, a church group or a small group or a house church or a, group, a small group in somebody's living room or a, a coffee shop or whatever to have the book and then read a passage together and then ask, what are, what are things that you observed in this passage? And then we can, we can all say, hey, I observed that that Jesus used this same word four times, yeah. right? Or, or, or maybe there's, there seems to be this juxtaposition between, you know, this person and that person. Oh, my goodness. Or I, I observe this. I thought, so I think reading it together, like I don't think you need to have an advanced degree or even like a college degree, right, in reading the Bible to be able to read the Bible. But I think being able to sit down together and asking what is the Bible trying to say, or what do we observe happening here? So we start with observation, where I'm going to observe. I see this. I see this in the text. This is interesting to me, and I think, I think for me, it's as I read the Bible. My first question is always, what What do I notice? What do I find interesting? Are there patterns and repetition? Is there? What are the things that jump out? Right. So I'm just observing that, and then after I've kind of organized what I've observed. Sometimes paper, sometimes I'll write in the Bible itself, sometimes I'll write in the margins, whatever, is, well, why would the author write it like that, right? Like, of all the, of all the myriad ways that somebody could write something, right. why did they choose to write it like this, right? So it's, it's observing and then asking questions about what I've observed. Yeah. And then it's answering those questions that we find meaning and purpose in the text, right? So why, why would Jesus say something like that why would the author record it and write it in the way that he did and then what does that mean for me right so it's like questions of observations questions and then answering those questions and you don't have to be a pastor you don't have to be somebody that that has uh, you know a master's in biblical studies to be able to do that yeah. and as and of course i think like we like to be instant experts right like yeah. I found in, 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 in all other fields, right? Everywhere, everywhere you go, somebody that's been doing something for 20 years understands how to do it much better than somebody who's just starting. Absolutely. I can remember the first time I read the Bible. Uh, mine wasn't in a group context. Mine was by myself at a cafe. But I can remember I just read, uh, I mean, I, this was, again, this was all my discipleship year. I went and sat in a cafe, and I was like, all right, I'm going to read. told me to read the Bible. All right, I'm going to read the Bible. So, you know, I started in, that's exactly what you said, start in John. Started in John, read all the way to Revelation then. Um, and to be honest, I didn't understand most of what I was reading. I was really excited. Yeah. I don't know why I was yeah. excited. I didn't understand everything. But like, I think it's like you just said, like, you know, that was 
10 years ago now. And now I'm reading the Bible through like, you know, uh, reading some of the same passages again, you know, for the 10th time, more times than even that probably. And I, I'm seeing it in a new light, um, yeah. you know, and it, it got easier as I just kept doing it actually. And uh, I, I understood more as I, you know, is just kind of practicing it and not being intimidated by it. But, you know, I learned something the first time, but I've still learned something this time. Sure. Well, and you become more familiar with it. And we, we, we tell people to read John because it's really easy to read, right? It's simple. Yet, John is complex. And John is actually built off of the Genesis creation account. So if you read John and you read John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. But that first phrase, in the beginning, if you've never read the Bible before, it's just like, oh, that's how we started it. But if you're somebody that's grown up reading the Bible or somebody that's been reading the Bible for years, in the beginning is a callback to the beginning of the book itself. Yep. Right? And so so to, to send somebody and say, hey, just read the book of John. It's a good book. Unless you're familiar with that, unless you're familiar with the book as a whole, you're going to completely miss in the beginning. And so there is something about reading together. I think I think reading together and then even being able to say, wait a minute, in the beginning, why is that familiar? Where have I read that before? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And be able to say, he's, this is the same words that Genesis 1-1. It's the same, this is the same uh, phrase that the Bible begins with. Right? And so being able to sit back and even observe word patterns or words like that. And like, I, I don't know how many times I read John 1-1 one, one before I was like, wait a minute. That's the, that's how God creates. That's how God begins. And that's how, that's how Genesis begins. So I think being curious about the text and not coming to it saying, I have to have this figured out, but today, what do I observe? And then what, what do I find interesting about this? Because the Bible's endlessly interesting Absolutely. and it's endlessly like complex. The more you get into it, the more you see in it. And that doesn't mean that you should be, today as good as you'll be tomorrow reading it or in 10 years from now, but to be curious and, in, and find the interesting stuff and dig into that. And anybody can do that. And you can do that in a group together and just let's, let's read, let's read John one, one together. And what do we think about this? And what is this saying? And why, like, what is the point of this? What do we think together? And in observing it and asking questions about it, like, I mean, you could spend a whole time doing that as long as you're inquisitive and want to, and are willing to be patient while you ask questions, then any, anybody can do that. And you don't, I don't, you don't need your pastor there, you know, all the time holding your hand. Yeah. It's great to, you know, hear a sermon on Sunday. It's great to have somebody that, you know, has been trained in that, but like to sit, even as a small group, like you, you're having discipleship. Like if there's somebody in the group that's been reading the Bible for 10 years, the person who's just opened the Bible from the first time or the person that's been reading for five years, you know, we're all learning from each other and you know and and that's that's part of discipleship that's what it means to to do it together and to you know to to grow in your faith to you know to be trained it it, you do you do it together and it you know it's it's caught from each other sure yeah 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 and it's it's caught by us reading it together and to say that you said i'm a genius and a bible expert at the beginning and i kind of cringed and my thought was, well, I'm just somebody that's trying to learn to read the Bible better, 
right? And so when I when I sit through sermons, and or I'm reading books, or you know I'm doing Bible stuff, or I'm reading the Bible myself, like it's always I wonder what's new today. And it's not it's not that I'm an expert or a genius or anything in it. It's today I'm curious about what I'm reading. And I've been doing that long enough now where I'm learning things at a different level than I was, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. But that doesn't mean I don't you know it doesn't mean that I'm better at reading it. I'm just farther along on the trail. Mm-hmm. And the patterns that I of reading the Bible that I picked up ten years ago have actually made reading the Bible today I, I'm reading the Bible in the same way. Right, it's still the same pattern. Um, Right, it's so it's. I just move further along in my understanding of it. So, anything else just before we finish our interview that you want to pass on to uh, somebody who might be leading a small group and and trying to lead people in 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 the word? I guess. I think I think there is a there's an intimidation about this ancient text because. It's ancient, right? And so, how do you pronounce names? And you know, I I, I come. I don't know first century culture. I don't know the culture of the ancient world, right? And so, whenever I this is the advice I would always give people reading in church when it came to to Bible names, right? Like, say it with confidence, <laughs> right? Like you come up and you're like, uh, how do I pronounce that name? Right, like that's that's a weird name. I didn't know you could have that fit that many vowels together in one word. Um, and I would always just say, say it with confidence, right? Like come to the with confidence, and as you read with confidence, like eventually you become you 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 learn and how to do stuff. And if you have questions, asking people, like like come to it with confidence and read the text and do your best at understanding what you're reading, and then. If you have questions, find somebody that you know that can get answers. Like, there are no like experts in Bible reading. Uh, there, are, there are people that maybe know more, but like we're all on a journey learning how to read it together. So, I would just say come to it with confidence and um, come to it with obs- uh, looking and in curiosity and find find that what's interesting and ask questions about what is this? What does this mean? Why would they say it this way? And then, as you're answering those questions you'll you'll that's where you find meaning meaning in the text so well thank you so much for your time today yeah uh and uh yeah thanks for being on the podcast love it have a great day awesome dan thank you so much for joining us a big thank you to you again so we're going to continue just talking a little bit i'm going to want to pack unpack this a little bit more with you about how you can do the word in your um kind of back living room so one of my favorite ways when we gather together is, is just reading the text and letting it um, speak to us. There's an ancient practice called Lectio Divina, uh, and it's a way to just read out the Bible. So you read through the passage. You can read it. Um, you know, you don't have to do a study or anything like that, but it's a way of reading it uh, many times over, reading it slowly um, as a group to let it sink into your heart. It's a way to kind of meditate on God's word. Um, it's really to practice listening. You know, what is it that stands out in the passage? What is it that, that really speaks to your heart? It's a way to let the Bible read you. You know, you could also do a Bible study if that works out for you. If you're somebody who's, um, you know, and, and you're leading a small group, 
in your uh, in your living room or you know you are, are leading a group through this and you feel confident enough uh, to get your geek on uh, or your Greek on um, then get into the nitty-gritty of the text uh, I just know for a lot of people that they might not have the capacity to do that and or might be really intimidated to lead something in their home but if, if you're able to do a Bible study and you want to lead and do a deep dive or try you know find do that treasure hunt through a passage with somebody you know get into it um, you know, look for the repetitive words that are in the text, you know, figure out what the original author was trying to say. Um, you can use a commentary, um, to help, um, you know, draw out the text a little bit more, but don't feel like you have to, but if you are, and that fits your context, you know, then, then you can, can lead a Bible study. That's absolutely great. And, and there are at times good ways for you to, to get deep into the text. Um, another way uh, to really to to grow into your reading is um, just to memorize the scripture. You know, get um, get somebody to memorize the scripture passage in your group, and basically, rather than um, reading it from a translation, get them to paraphrase it. Get them to tell a story. It's uh, they do this in like narrative preaching, um, and it's a it's a great way to for people to just hear the text in a completely different way. Again, if you don't have time or the capacity to do that, it's just another creative way in how you can um, read the, the text together um, as a group. Another way is um, to share the reading. Um, our, our group loves to do this uh, and uh, that meets in our home is that we do popcorn reading. It's a way to get everybody involved. And uh, you basically, uh, when, you, when you, you start reading through a Bible passage, um, all together, we all have our phones out and we're all um, on the same um, version of the Bible. And uh, after you get done uh, for a certain uh, length of reading, you just say popcorn and then someone else's name. And uh, it's just a great way to, you know, for everybody to engage, everybody to get a chance to read the Bible. And uh, it's just kind of silly and kind of fun. So our group does it and uh, we learned about like popcorn reading like in fifth grade or something like that and we're still doing it at 35 and it's still hilarious so uh, if that works for you or if that's too cheesy then don't do it but uh, yeah that's another helpful way that you can read the Bible together another uh, way that you could read it as a group is just to meditate on it meditate on God's Word and um, you know you can get people uh, to to uh, take deep breaths, to close their eyes, to wait and listen. Um, often a lot of people think meditation is just a thing for Eastern religions. It's not at all. Um, meditation can be um, extremely impactful for reading the Bible together as a community. And I really encourage you uh, to give it a go. Um, take, and when you meditate, you know, read a Bible passage out and take time to put yourself into the passage. You know, pretend like you're there walking amongst the crowds, watching Jesus. Um, you know, imagine seeing his face. Imagine what it would be walking along the shore with him, seeing him do miracles. You know, what are the things that he speaks to you about um, as you put yourself into your favorite Bible passages? Um, another helpful really tip uh, in terms of reading the Bible is use the same version. I can't tell you, like, how frustrating it is when you go to a small group and people are reading from a different translation. Um, whatever translation you, you do choose to use, um, make sure everybody has a Bible of the same, <laughs> the same version. Otherwise, it's really hard to follow along. 
what we do to make it really easy is that we just use the Bible app and everybody gets on their phone. Everybody gets the same Bible passage um, and the same version. Wait for everybody to get there and we read it out. When we first started doing it, it was absolute disaster. And people were like, but mine says it in this version or mine says it in that version. And it can be a real distraction from what God is wanting to say to you guys as a group. You know, I think for the most part, just to finish here, one of the most important ways is asking questions about the text and figuring out about how does it transform our lives for Jesus. You know, write down a few questions to really get people uh, engaged and, and ask this, open it up to the group, get everybody to share. I think the best uh, small groups is really when everybody participates, but really don't force people to participate, but invite people to ask questions about the text and get people to have comments. Um, you know, what is God saying about this passage? What questions do you have about the text? What does it say about God, the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? How does it apply to your life? And if you're leading, don't feel, though, is that you have to have all the answers to people's questions. There will always be more questions than answers. It's okay to get people to wrestle with some of these really big questions about the text. It'll take them deeper with God. I encourage you to come up with some ideas in designing how you want to go forward with reading the word in your group. I hope this podcast has been helpful to give you uh, some ideas, you know, and you really get thinking about how do you want to read the, the Bible together as a group? Don't be intimidated. Don't feel like you have to have all the answers or, or to have to be a scholar or a degree. You know, the Bible is a lot, but it's also really simple as well. And, you know, letting just God speak through the text really enriches our lives. Uh, and there's a lot of ways to read the Bible as a group, you know, and to listen to his word uh, together. So thanks for listening. What's God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Big Church, Small Church Podcast, a Church Doctor Ministries production. To download the show notes, go to thesendmovement.com. For questions, coaching, or other network opportunities, contact John Hunter at J-O-N-H-U-N-T-E-R at churchdoctor.org. If you've liked this episode, please give a review, subscribe, and share it on your social media platforms. 